Thank you for tuning in to Avant Life's weekly podcast. We hope this message inspires you, stirs your faith, and leaves you blessed. What an entrance. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> um, hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be up here tonight with everyone to share my testimony with you. Um, so I, it's actually, I named my message, even though we have a name title for the series, but it's called My Greatest Love Story. And ironically, it has nothing to do with Chris. Um, he just is a part of that, though. But um, I'm a big picture thinker. Um, so when I was writing my message, I was thinking, okay, what do I want to touch on? What is important of my testimony that I want you guys to bear witness to? And that is relationships and surrendering to God's will for my life. Um, but the big picture of that is he is my greatest love story. But he's also everyone here's greatest love story. Um, so get into it. Like Ben said, I'm a first-generation Christian. Um, I grew up in what I call a sitcom home. Uh, we had a white picket fence. My mom was baking endless supplies of cookies and banana bread. Whatever you need, she had it there. My dad was always super eager for dinner. Um, we had strong morals uh, between what was right and wrong, how to be polite, how to be welcoming, um, which still is part of me now. I, I can't show up anywhere without a gift. Um, we had Sunday night dinners, and we would say grace at those dinners, but it wasn't based on godly wisdom or love, so I didn't know the truth that was tied to it when I was doing it. It was just immoral. It was just an act of doing. So kind of through my adolescence or my childhood and adolescence, I never really felt like I quite fit in. Um, whether it was with my family or friends, I always just felt a little bit on the outside. Who was I? Um, when I was a teenager, um, picture me as a teenager, I looked basically what I do look like now. I haven't grown much. Um, <laughs> but I was a wrestler. And like, I know that sounds really cool now, but like as a teenager, I, it wasn't cool. Like people are just like, you wear like spandex and you're sweaty, like super grossed out by it. So I wasn't really cool. I also was a homebody. I didn't like parties. I didn't like anything that was associated with them or what happened at parties. So I kind of stayed away. And I just didn't know where I fit in and what my friend group really was. Fast forward, I'm about 18. And I get a crush on a boy. And this boy's in a Christian rock band. So I would go to his shows, his practices, follow him around. But like not in a stalkery way, because he wanted me there. But. <laughs> Luckily, all of the bandmates, they were all Christian, and I became friends with their wives and their girlfriends. And these relationships are where my, my encounter really started. So with their friends, they, would just, they were just accepting of me, exactly how I was. They didn't care what I did, what I didn't do, or what I looked like. They just wanted to hang out with me and be my friend. And I was like, I found a place to fit in. I found a friend group that was comfortable that like to do similar things as I like to do. But this one girl in particular, her name was Rachel, and she shared her testimony with me. She um, lost her dad at a young age, and her mom really couldn't handle much more than her own grief. So her mom wasn't there. But Rachel, when I met her, she was light, bubbly, full of laughter and joy. And that was God's work in her. That was a reflection of his character coming out in her, that she did go through all of those hardships, but she had his love, and that's all she needed. And I saw this, 
And this is really important to note because our transformation doesn't start or end with ourselves. Rachel sharing her testimony with me in that moment is what started my journey with God. From there, my faith did start to grow. I was moving along, but still searching to be loved. So which brings me back to the boy. So obviously things didn't work out with the boy because he's not Chris. <laughs> but nonetheless, at the time, I was heartbroken. I just, I thought I needed love, like an earthly love, to be completed or to be who I was meant to be. Um, I went to a Sunday service and there was a guest speaker and she, everyone was going up for prayer and she was kind of giving people words and praying over people. And I just remember sitting down, like I stayed seated, like in the pew, I was like, if I just stay hidden, like I'll be okay. Like I, could get, I can get out of this. So I stay hidden in the pew and I'm just sitting down. But then she comes up to me and she's like, you have a broken heart. And I'm thinking like, how do you know this about me? Like, how do you know? But then mind you, like I was emo and I had like black hair <laughs> and like green eyeshadow. And I was wearing a My Chemical Romance t-shirt and I was 18. So I mean like, yeah, like I, what girl doesn't have a broken heart who looks like that, right? Like, <laughs> so. Here, like, here I am, this, like, emo girl, and I just break down, though. I just start crying, because, yeah, that's exactly it. I had a broken heart, and I didn't have a broken heart because of the boy as much as I thought it was about that. I had a broken heart because I didn't have Jesus' love at that time. So she starts to pray over me, and all the women around me lay hands on me, and I remember, like, shaking. I, fall, I was standing, I fall back to my seat, and I'm shaking, and I have my first encounter with Jesus. I am filled with love and light, and I have a glimpse of what it is to be whole and found in him. So this is the start of an encou my encounter with Jesus, a personal transformation. His love transformed hearts, and that's where it all starts. I had faith at this time. I believed in God. I knew that he was our creator, but he hadn't yet transformed my heart. And so all the negative thoughts I was still having, all the insecurities I was still having, it's because he hadn't done the work yet in me. And so if you want God to do the work in you, if you want a transformation or a rewiring of your mind, you have to let God do that work. It's more than just having faith and saying like, yes, I believe in God. It's surrendering yourself to him and laying down and letting him do that work. So as this kind of begins to happen, I go, start to go through this transformation. It was in the early days of my faith. And I remember, of course, at this time, learning a lot about relationships and being that it was this, what I felt like at the time, a broken relationship with a person on earth that brought me to Christ. So the questions I was having about where do I fit in became to, what did God put in me? Who does God want me to be? And the only way I could find that answer is through a relationship with God. I needed to allow him to act in my life. And since he is faithful, I learned he did want me to have relationships. He wants us all to. He calls us to be in relationships. But the thing is with relationships is, of course, you have to maintain them. So when you're maintaining your relationships, it's important because influence happens in that. So we have the chance to influence people around us. And these relationships could look from an acquaintance or they can be a hairdresser, they could be your barista, they could be your best friend, or your significant other, but they all take that maintenance. 
I, I didn't put the, that into God, that min, min, maintenance of a relationship in with it. But I knew that I first needed to establish it so I can continue forward in my relationships and growing. But then it was around 24 now. And so, like I said, I kind of stopped maintaining that relationship. I became a lukewarm Christian, which I thought then at the time wasn't bad. But now we know that what, what effect does that have to be a lukewarm Christian, even if I'm not going out to parties or doing being disloyal or dis- disobedient? I'm not being actually effective for the kingdom. So what good is it me being a lukewarm Christian? But I just moved here from the island, and again, I reverted back into my insecure self, someone who didn't want to be seen. And I became friends with a girl, Karina, who to this day is still my best friend. And Karina and I, we, she was also a lukewarm Christian. And we also thought because we had each other, like that was fine. We didn't need other community. We didn't need to go to church. We didn't need anything else but each other. And we could live in our bubble and we could call ourselves like the sad girls. And we kind of like took pride in this. Like, yeah, like we're like the cool, like sad, mopey girls. Like we like would watch like really like sappy movies, like 500 Day of Summer, like on repeat and just be like, ah, like. <laughs> and we just thought like, like that was okay. But when it came down to it, I always would go to God and be like, oh, like, what, why is this happening? Like, why, isn't th- why aren't things better in my life? And I would go, only go to him in a very selfish way of, like, why, why is this like this? Like, why me? Why this? And why do I have a broken heart again? And one night in my room, God said to me, well, was I included in any of your choices? Have you been honoring our relationship? Which I had not been. Like I said, I was living this lukewarm warm life with my best friend, just thinking, like, this, this is enough. This is good. I'm, I'm being good. I'm following my morals. But another journey kind of came from there, another transformation. Fast forward to now I'm 27, and I'm going to church again with Karina, and her herself, she just went through her own transformation, which also started with heartbreak. I saw Jesus become her greatest love story. I witnessed again the power of his love. So I started to work on my relationship with God again. He, but he needed me there. He needed me to be broken again and heartbroken again so he can show me mercy. But then in that moment, in like rebound me back to even stronger where he needs me to be and show me that all that he has created me to be. So as hard and long as that journey seems and sometimes I'm like why didn't I just stay the path if I didn't I probably wouldn't actually be here today because God needed to get me in that moment sometimes he needs to get us in these moments where we're going to break because he's doing a greater work and we're going to learn something through that in every season that we then get to bring forward but later that year at 27 is when I did meet Chris And that's God's timing, right? So when I met Chris, like, I quickly lost focus of my Jesus being my first and great love because I was head over heels. I was swept up in this great earthly love of which I call him my earthly love because he is. (laughs) Jesus is always number one. But 
But it was just that, like I was sucked up in it and I was putting that love and that relationship before mine with Jesus. And then there came to a point where that had to stop. And that was with a lot of prayer and a lot of transformation and a lot of hard work for Jesus to become my great love story again. It wasn't easy, but I can testify that when you do make Jesus your greatest love story in any situation, in any relationship, he's gonna bless that relationship greater than you could ever imagine. If I didn't do that, if I didn't trust Jesus' love for me, I wouldn't have what I have today, and not just in my relationship with Chris, but in all my relationships in this room and in the community and everywhere. It's because it's all, I'm founded on his foundation. But that's, that's the anchor. Jesus' love is the anchor. And if we have that in us, that is going on to affect every other relationship that we have, whether that person is Christian or not. Sometimes when you have those conversations of, um, with a non-Christian that are difficult, if you're anchored in his love, that's all you need in those moments. And that's all you need to do is reflect his character back. You don't need to always in that moment look to be that person that's going to transform someone in that moment or change them. You're just a part of their story, and God has done that work already. So you don't need to do that work. You just need to reflect his character, and if it's there, share your testimony. But, and like I said, this is, this is so many, this is so important. I just really want everyone to understand, like, what it is to be anchored in his love and have it in your relationships and how important relationships are. I am so blessed. I actually work with my soon-to-be sister, officially, who's also like one of my best friends, and we work together in our ministry work and professional work in so many ways. And I get asked all the time, how do you guys do it? How do you have such a multi-layer relationship, and how does it work? And it's because we're anchored to Jesus' love. That's how we can do it. You can do anything then. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> Colin, <laughs> something, something my pastor from my hometown said, Pastor Brad, was he always used to tell me how rich he was. And I knew he didn't mean financially, and he would tell me that even. But he would always say how rich he was. And now I know what he meant when he said that is it's in relationships and it's in love, in love of Christ. That's how, that's how he's rich, and that's how we count how rich we are. So what are your relationships like right now? How big are they? How bold are they? And how deep are they? That is where we count our richness in, in our, like, in our relationship with God and the people we have here, not, not in lusting over fancy things, our finances, our houses, or whatever it might be. And it's funny how long it took me really to understand what he meant until like really this like past few years of seeing the work Jesus has done in my relationships of that. That's, that's the most valuable thing right now on earth that we have, that we get to share. Christianity is all about relationships. I mean, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. 
And when I began my ministry work two and a half years ago, I prayed for God to soften my heart. I knew the power of relationships. I spoke to it. I understood what it was like to have Jesus in those relationships, but not the power and community as God intended. We are called to love, but not just in our relationships, in our community, in a greater picture. And not just, oh, yeah, I love this acquaintance or this person's nice and nice gesture. Like, truly love one of our, our brothers and sisters. Like, they are our brothers and sisters. But with that, in this past few years, I really actually had to surrender to that, to surrender to kind of that love in the community. I had to surrender to being vulnerable and letting me be seen, really. When it comes to serving, I love, it was easy for me to surrender any leisurely time of what it took to serve here. But that serving looked like me being in the background, and I loved that. Keeping things moving, hiding in the background. But then God called me, and he was like, but you need to be seen. It's written, as servants of God, let us lead people to Christ through our testimony life. So if my ministry work wasn't speaking of God's transformation work in my life, then what is really the point? It's great to serve, and it's great to help stack chairs or put cards out or whatever we need to get done to have these services and to keep our church and our services going. But if it's not about testifying to his goodness and sharing the gospel and inviting people here, then what really is the point of any of our ministry work? Because of his steadfast love and faithfulness, God pushed me further this year than I thought possible. I completely surrendered to that, into my comfort zone. And I stepped out of my faith to depend all on his own faith. And as I said, the way I served in those giftings, I knew that they weren't for me. They're actually to rich everyone else with. And that expression in the areas we serve in and what we do, it doesn't matter because we are all one body of Christ. We're working to grow his kingdom. So in that faith, I had to allow him to act in every aspect of my life. And with this, he gave me a brand new beginning, which I know will bless me, but it will also bless generations to come. We all stand here as evidence to his goodness. And what matters in my ministry work or any work I do or any work any one of you guys do is a testimony of, of Jesus, that he is our greatest love story and we are bringing glory to him. Now, kind of back to the beginning, when we talk about sharing our testimony and having these conversations with people that we meet, um, whether it's on the street, someone you run into, an old friend that you happen to catch up with, or even someone the first time coming here, what happens when you feel like you don't fit in, or you feel like it's a hard situation, or you don't know what to say? I, I still have this. I had this like last week, but my wise fiance, um, he reminded me that that's being Christian. Like you don't have, you don't necessarily fit in. It's not about that. We're not here to fit in. We're here to be that difference. We're here to reflect his character and share our testimonies boldly. Because what's the point if we don't? Like, look at Paul and all the work Paul did and all the places he went and the people he spoke to. He wasn't worried about fitting in or being their friend or, like, getting something out of the situation. He just went where he knew he had to go to share the gospel. Right. 
Transformation, like I said at the beginning, this is so important, but because transformation, it doesn't start and end with ourselves. Our testimonies are powerful. We need to speak boldly of them and to bear witness to what we have seen in our own lives and other people's lives. If my friend Rachel wasn't bold enough to share her testimony with me, I probably wouldn't have started the journey I've been on. And even though it's been over 10 years, I wouldn't probably be, I wouldn't be standing on this stage and letting you guys bear witness to my testimony. So when you have conversations, when you run into somebody, like I said, God placed all of that. Be bold in that. Share your testimony. Send an invite. Ask them to come to church. Ask them just what is going on in their life. How do they need you? Matt actually always says, and he said in his Ali video, if you guys have watched it, um, just about being that friend that people would always go to for advice. And being that person that people come to for advice, especially if they're non-Christian people that are coming to you for that advice, it's because they see that difference in you. They see you being a reflection of Christ's character. And for me, Jesus be my greatest love story. When I look in the mirror at night, I don't, I only want to see his reflection back at me. I don't want to see myself. I don't want to even, I don't want to see Chris. I don't want to see like our future. Like I know God's got that handled. I want to see Jesus and I want his reflection to shine back at me. I want people that I meet on the street, in church, or at work, wherever it may be, for them to see like she has something different. She has a light. She has a story. She has a great love. What is her great love? Like it's God. And when people are trying to pull me down or whatever, if you're if you're full of God's love, whatever is being thrown at you is going to bounce back out. <laughs> There's so much power in his love. It literally, that's, it is the greatest love story we can possibly have. But the thing is, is we all have access to that, and we need to remember that. He loved us so much, he literally rescued us. And I can testify to the wonders of that love. I just want to encourage everyone that when you are transformed by his love and when you abide in Jesus, Jesus, you are anointed, you are justified, you are a light to others, you are blessed, you are chosen, you are forgiven, you are God's coworker, you are victorious, you are protected, you are free, you are salt and light of the earth, you are a bearer of fruit, and you are God's ambassador. So when you go out and you have conversations, speak boldly, be an ambassador of Christ, and have those conversations that people need to hear. Testify to the goodness of God. Know that you, let them see your freedom. Let them see your light that shines in you. God's workmanship that has been in my life over the, especially over the past three years, it is incredible. It is something I want people to see. I wanted to be hidden. I didn't want people to see me. But even showing this video tonight, I was like, yeah, I want people to see that because that's a testament also to God's work in my life. That video is not about me. It's not about Chris. It's about what God did in our lives and our relationship. So people should see that. People should see the joy and the love that is there that we get to have here on earth with him at the foundation and center of it. And it's not just with a significant other. It's in any relationship. And it's just something that that we have free access to. But, so, as we go back into a time of worship, if you haven't yet encountered Jesus' love in a transformative way, if your hearts haven't been transformed, if you need that to happen, if you need your mind 
to have that rewiring, pray. Ask God. You can have that. And if you do already have it, press further into it. Keep wanting more. Keep thirsting for more. Keep seeking him further. Keep asking for, keep looking for more testimonies. And keep sharing your testimony boldly. We get to influence others with sharing our testimony. And influence is such a funny thing in 2020. Like, it's, we think of influence and we think of social media. We think of selling something. But in a way, we do get to do that being ambassadors of Christ, we get to tell his story through our lives and through our platforms, through our stories, however, however it may look. So I just want to encourage everyone to keep, to tell your story, to be seen, to people see the good works that have been done in your life, to not hide away, and to just surrender to God's love and his great love story that he has for you be that just be that light (laughs) as we say I actually forget the lyrics for the praise song but (laughs) but but it says be that light and go out there and just and be that light um really just you're gonna we go we go through so much in life and it comes with hardships. Even being Christian comes with hardships. But what we have is still a good life because we serve a good God and a faithful God. And I think sometimes when people think, oh, you're, you're Christian, so your life is easy. And this is something I especially encountered when I was young. It's actually, nope, I still face hardships. I still face diversity and struggles and have decisions to make every day. But the difference is is that I belong to him. And so belonging to him is actually what makes those things easier because that's knowing I'm loved regardless. I am free regardless. I am protected and I am victorious regardless. And I could go to him with anything that I need. So church, as we go into worship, Pray, praise and pray God. Ask for opportunities to share your testimony boldly. Ask for opportunities to influence others with his goodness. And go out there and reflect, reflect his character. Share your testimony, church. It's so powerful. We hope you enjoyed this message. We would love you to subscribe to our weekly podcast. Other ways you can connect with Avon Life is through YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Or check out our website at avantlifechurch.com.